Hello, I'm Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. And today I want to share a special message with you that comes out of my new book called Getting Healed. It's published by Destiny Image Europe. And uh, I'm excited about this book. Um, it's a guide to receive your healing. And I believe that healing is a very important subject. God wants you to be healthy and healed because he wants you to enjoy life. Every good thing is from God, and he's given that to us to enjoy. And, but more importantly, he wants us to be healed so that we can serve him, so that we're not incapacitated in serving him. And it's important for us to understand how to receive our healing and how to live in health. And so I've written this book, really, because for many, receiving healing is a bit of a hit-and-miss affair. It's a bit of a... Well, if God wants to do it, he'll do it. I, I hope he does. But I want to build your faith in this book uh, so that you know how to receive your healing because it's not hit and miss. God loves us and he wants us well. And so I've written this, and in this book are the four major keys of knowledge that you need to get in position to receive your healing. Jesus said in Mark 11:24, "Whatsoever things you desire, first of all, you need to desire it. You need to desire to be healed. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, yes, then you need to pray. You need to ask God for healing. But thirdly, He says, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. If you desire healing." Ask God for healing, but when you ask, you need to believe that you receive it, and then you will have it manifested. And that's where most people fall down. They're not, they don't have the confidence from the word of God to be able to believe they receive it when they pray. And it says, if, they, if you do that, however, God promises you will have it. And so there are four key steps of confidence that if one is put in place after the other, you will be in position to believe that you receive when you pray. And, and I'll f very quickly cover them, and then if you want to study this in more detail, you know, go and, uh, do get the book and order it from us um, just by calling us at 01865 515086. Uh, there's more details on our website as well, um, and including post and packing, it's 999. So, how do we get to that place where we can believe we receive it when we pray? Well, number one, you need to know that it is God's will. Healing is God's will. Uh, until you know that, how can you possibly come and receive it? Because you don't even know if it's according to his will. You know, how, how should we doubt the will of God? You know... If you had a parent um, uh, and, and the child was sick, if it was in the parent's power and he refused to do what was needed for the child to be made well, we would, you know, think terrible things of that parent. You know, doesn't he love his child? So how can we think that God loves us any less than a human father loves his child? He says in his word, I am the Lord, your healer. I am the Lord who heals you. That's his name. His name never changes. My name's Derek. And I'm, I'm Derek every day of the week. 
because that's my name. And he's the Lord, your healer, every day of the week. He wants to heal us. And, and I show how healing is in the atonement, that when Jesus died on the cross, he didn't just die for our sins, he died for our sicknesses too. And if Jesus paid the price for our healing in the atonement, then how can it not be his will to heal us? Just like it's his will to forgive us, it's his will to heal us. We need to have that established in our faith. We need to know that. And then the second key um, is not just that it's God's will, but that God is a generous giver of healer. He's a liberal giver of healer. Uh, James 1.5 says it's necessary to believe that if we're to pray in faith. In that situation, he talks about wisdom. He says, if anyone lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to everyone liberally, you see. But then he says, let him ask of faith, not doubting. So he says, to ask in faith, you actually have to believe that God is a liberal giver. He gives freely. He doesn't withhold. Um, then you can ask in faith. But he says, if you doubt that, then even though God gives to you when you ask, he says, let not that man think he can receive anything from the Lord. Because he's paralyzed in his faith. He's unable to receive. Because he has doubts concerning whether God is a liberal giver. Yes, he believes that God generally wants to bless him, but he is not able to believe that God is a liberal giver who gives immediately, who releases the answer immediately. See, God is a giver, not a withholder. We have, but we have to believe that. You see, if we don't believe that God gives freely and liberally and richly and generously, if we, if we think he's withholding on us, if we think he won't give it to us maybe for another month or another year, then how can we believe we receive it when we pray? In order to believe we receive it when we pray, then logically, we have to also believe that God releases the answer when we ask. He's the God of the immediate response. If we don't believe that he gives it immediately, how can we receive it? It's impossible. And, and so many find it difficult to believe that. But it's like this. Jesus has actually already freely given us all things to enjoy. The Bible says that he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. The Bible says that God gives richly to us. He says uh, God is rich to all who call on, on him. He's rich. He doesn't hold back. He says if God, God did not withhold his own son, will he not also freely give us all things? God, he will freely give it. He doesn't withhold it. Uh, but we've got to believe that. God is a, is a liberal giver. He's the God of the immediate response. Uh, actually, he's already given it to us because he's already paid the price for it with his blood. And he's just waiting for us to come and receive it. In other words, it's available on request. And so we need to believe that God is the generous. God is good. He's a liberal giver. That's the second key. But still, we need a third key of knowledge. And that is, we might know that God gives us healing immediately, but exactly what are we? What, in what form does he give it? What are we to believe we receive? And this is the third key step. Because God doesn't actually promise an instant miracle or an instant manifest, miraculous manifestation. In other words, the promise is, is not that he will give us the healing manifestation immediately. 
In fact, it very clearly says, you believe you receive it when you pray, and you shall have it. So that must mean that you believe you receive it spiritually when you pray, in the spirit. God is spirit, all his blessings are spiritual. You believe it into your heart, you believe it into your spirit. And then it will, it will be manifested in the physical. So, God doesn't give the physical manifestation when you pray. Sometimes he might do that as a special gift of the Spirit, but his normal way of working is that what God gives when we ask him, he'll always give us, is his healing power. Now, when you look at the ministry of Jesus, and I go through all the scriptures in the book that describe the ministry of Jesus and how he healed, again and again, it talks about the fact that how Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power, healing power, which he then gave to the sick. He says to his disciples even, freely you've received, freely give. It says, he get, what did he give them? He gave them power over evil spirits and he gave them power to heal the sick. What Jesus received from God was healing power. And that's what he used to heal the sick with. And in the same way, he gives us healing power today. And we use that to heal the sick. And so what God gives is healing power. The woman with the issue of blood, when he, she touched the hem of his garment, it says that power, power flowed out of him and healed her. So he was anointed with healing power. And that's what we receive, you see. Healing in the form of healing power. And so that's the third key. You need to know that it's God's will. You need to know that God gives healing freely, but he gives it in the form of healing power. And when you know that, then actually even with that knowledge, you can come to God and pray a prayer of faith, just you and God, and say, Lord, right now I have the confidence in your word that when I ask, I can also receive because it's available on request. And Lord, right now I ask for healing power, for your healing power to come into my body. I believe I receive your healing power and that healing power that will go into you and start to work in you and to make you whole and drive out sickness. So it's about the healing power of Jesus in the time of Jesus is still the same today as it was then. And it was able to heal all diseases and it was able to drive out all sicknesses and even cast out demons. Praise God, God's healing power. And then the fourth principle that you need to understand is the method, God's method. First of all, we need to know God's will. God's will is healing. Number two, God's nature. God is a liberal giver of healing. Thirdly, we need to know God's gift. His gift is healing power. And fourthly, uh, and that healing power, if it stays active, will produce the healing. That's guaranteed. And then fourthly is God's method. How does he get that healing power into your body? Well, as I say, and, and in the appendix of the book here, I go through uh, all the healings of Jesus and go through the different methods whereby that healing power was administered to the body. And uh, we can, of course, receive it directly through prayer ourselves. But otherwise, we receive it through the ministry of healing. Now, there are two main methods that healing power is administered to the body. 
One is through the spoken word. Occasionally, Jesus would just speak healing. No physical contact, like with the centurion servant. He would just speak the healing. And so the healing power would be transmitted into that person's body by the word of faith. And so I can speak right now, and if you, but by the anointing that's on me and the healing power that's on me, and if you can believe this and receive this, I can say to you, by the stripes of Jesus, healing power's here right now, be healed. I, I speak healing into your body right now. Receive your healing right now. Take hold of that healing power. And that's one way healing power can be transmitted. Because I can't physically lay my hands on you right now. But you can receive healing power. Be healed in Jesus' name. But having said that, in the ministry of Jesus, it's very clear. And he said, the works that I do, you shall also do. And so we continue the ministry of Jesus. His ministry is the model for us. Almost the main method of healing was through touch, through the law of contact and transmission. And there was a contact of that person and Jesus. People would come to Jesus and he would lay his hands on them. And the same with the apostles in the book of Acts. They would lay their hands. That's God's main method of healing, is the laying on of hands. And through the contact of the hands, healing power is transmitted into the body. And God believes in the method of laying on of hands, that Jesus did most of his healing through the laying on of hands. It says, in his hometown of Nazareth, they, they, there was a lot of unbelief. But he was still able, the laying on of hands still worked to an extent, that he laid his hands on a number and a number of them got healed. So in a sense, the laying on of hands will work when nothing else will work because people find it easier to believe that they can receive healing power through the laying on of hands. And Sometimes that's, uh, the anointing with oil is, is added with that. But you lay your hands and God's healing power is transmitted through the laying on of hands. And so how do you know? Well, it's an ordained method of God, so God will always back it up if you believe in it. Because he says in the Great Commission to all of us, you, you shall lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. Recovery begins the moment hands are laid on. In other words, healing power is transmitted into the body upon the laying on of hands. So when, if somebody's laying hands on you, they ought to be believing that when contact is made, there's a transmission of God's healing power. And you, if you're having your hands laid, hands laid on you, you need to be in position to believe you receive that healing power into your body. Because it's God's ordained method, he will always back it up. Sometimes the touch worked the other way. Sometimes Jesus didn't lay his hands, but like with the woman with the issue of blood, people would just grab hold of Jesus and they would pull that healing power out of him. They believed, you see, that Jesus was uh, anointed with healing power and that healing power was available upon request. It was available on tap, you might say. And believing that, they were able to come and touch Jesus make that physical contact and at the same time they believe they receive that healing power into their bodies. And so usually healing in the time of Jesus happened through touch and specifically the laying on of hands. That's God's primary method. And so you need to determine. Now the woman with the issue of blood, once you know these things then you can actually 
Come to God and receive your healing. But what you have to do is that you have to determine your point of contact to receive your healing. What do I mean by that? You have to decide the method and the time and the place when you're going to believe you receive to release your faith. See, healing powers like electricity. There can be electricity in your room, but um, your kettle isn't boiling right now because it's not because the power isn't available. Healing power is present, but you have to be plugged into it. And so you have to determine where you're going to plug your kettle in. And then you have to, once you determine that contact, then you have to flick the switch. So you, you plug the kettle in and then you turn the switch on. And in the same place, you have to decide. You're going to receive your healing when you come to God and pray or you're going, somebody's going to lay hands on you, perhaps in church, and you are going to decide in advance that the moment hands are laid on you, that's when you're going to believe you receive your, the healing power. And so you determine where, you, where you're going to plug in. Then the moment you're plugged in, you flip that switch and the power will flow. What the flicking of the switch is, is that's when you believe you receive and the power will flow according to your faith. That's what the woman with the issue of blood in Mark 5, it talks about how the fact that as she was, she had determined in her heart and it says she was saying, and it was saying she was saying it again and again. When I touch him, I shall be healed. When I touch him, I shall be healed. She determined in advance that the time and the place she would receive her healing was when she touched him. When I touch him, I'll be healed. You might be saying, or you should be saying, when hands are laid on me, I will receive my healing. And so when that moment comes, you'll be ready to release your faith. Set the point of contact to release your faith. And that's what the woman with the issue of blood did. And having done that, she received that healing power into her body. And that healing power is well able to heal you. Well, I go into the, all this in greater depth in my book, of course, and I take you through that process of actually believing that you receive when you pray. But then the second half of the book is also very important because you need to know what to do after the prayer of faith because now we're in a time period where you need patience, where you have received the power of God and it's working in you. But until it has fully brought forth the fruit of healing, Jesus guaranteed the healing for you. He said, if you believe you receive it, you will have it. But now there's a time period where you have to continue believing. You have to keep the switch of faith turned on. For instance, if you plugged your kettle on and the power begins to flow, and then you feel the temperature of the kettle 10 seconds later and it hasn't really warmed up very much. You might be tempted to say, well, this isn't working. I'm going to disconnect the kettle. Um, and that's what many Christians do. They're prayed for. They feel their body after a few seconds. Oh, I don't feel much different. It obviously didn't work. And they turn off their faith. But of course, you have to keep the switch of faith turned on. And as the power continues to work, it will produce the healing, just like the kettle will do its job and it will bring it to boil. It's like when you believe you receive, it's like when you plant the seed of healing in the ground. But now that has to be watered. And for that seed to grow up 
and to become that complete flower. There's a process of time involved before that healing is fully manifested. And so in that time, you are responsible, you see, to keep that healing power working in your body. Because as Paul said to Timothy, he says, you must stir up the gift of God that he's given you through the laying on of my hands. In other words, Timothy was given a gift through the laying on of hands. But once a gift is given to you, it's your responsibility. He said another place, do not neglect the gift that's been given to you, but meditate on it, and then your profiting will appear to all. In other words, he says, that gift that's given to you, you need to keep it stirred up. You need to not ignore it and forget that you even have it, because then it will just become dormant. And many people have received healing power, but that healing power is dormant in them because they've turned the switch of faith off and it's not working. And it, what it says we have to do is keep stirring it up, fan it into a flame, keep it active. And I want to talk about how to keep that gift active in you so that that healing power continues to work to produce the health and to drive out the sickness in your body. You need to stir it up. You need to keep the switch of faith turned on. Praise God until you're profiting, until the manifestation of your healing is apparent to everyone. Praise God. How do we do that? When you've believed you've received that healing power, stand your ground and say, start thanking God. You do it with your tongue. That's how you keep the gift of healing working in you. You know, if somebody gives you a, one of those wind-up watches, you know, and it seems to keep time for a bit, but then it, it doesn't work anymore. Uh, it's not the person who gave it. It's not their fault if it stops working. It's because you forgot to wind it up. See, once it's given to you, your responsibility to keep it wound up. So when the gift of healing is given to you, you are now responsible to keep that active and working in your life. How do you do it? By thanksgiving. Every time you think about it, say, thank you, Lord. Your healing power is working in me. Thank you for the gift of healing that you've given me. Thank you that you died for my sicknesses. Thank you that that healing power is working in me, driving out sickness and making me whole and strong. Thank you. Thanksgiving. As you thank God, that healing power is able to continue to work. You're watering that seed. Another thing you need to do is call healing forth because you see, God actually, how does God bring something from the spirit into the natural? The universe was in his spirit and then he called it into the natural. He said, light be, universe be. And that in the same way, it's by our words that we bring forth spiritual things into the natural. You see, because he says the good man, out of the good treasure in his heart, brings forth good things. How? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the good things are brought into manifestation from the spirit by the words that we speak. And so we need to speak healing forth. Thank you, Lord, my healing come forth. Body be healed. Healing power flow and fill my body. Heal me from the top of my head to the soles of my, of my feet. We call that healing power forth. The Bible says that uh, Abraham, you know, like God, called those things that be not though they were. We're to call forth our healing. Praise God. And also, Jesus, in the next verse, Mark eleven twenty three, he says we are also to speak. See, we receive that healing power, but there may still be a mountain. 
there may still be that sickness that, that is, is, is still there temporarily. And the Bible says that we, now that we've received our healing by faith, we are to speak. Speak that healing into our body, but also speak to the mountain that may still be there. That's saying, talking, the mountain's talking to you. It's saying you're not healed. You're still sick. You better speak back to that mountain. Otherwise, you will lose your faith. You'll, you'll let doubt in your heart. You need to speak to that mountain. Say, sickness, get out of my body. I'm the healed of the Lord. Sickness, be removed from me. And Jesus said that if you believe that what you say will come to pass, you will have what you say. I want you to notice in Mark 11:24, he says, you'll have it if you believe you receive it. But then Mark 11:23, which goes together, says, you will have what you say. You will have your healing manifested. First, if you believe you receive it in your heart. And then, if you speak it into your body, and if you speak that mountain of sickness to be removed, then you will have what you say. And so we thank God for our healing. We speak, we command, we call healing into our body. We, um, and, and we also speak against that sickness. And in this way, you see, we keep the switch of faith turned on. We keep that healing power stirred up and active in us. And so we don't look to our symptoms. We look to the truth of the word of God. We don't deny our symptoms, by the way. And if you're receiving medication, particularly if it's vital medication, please keep taking that medication because healing is a process. And as that healing power works more and more, you will find less necessary to take the medication. But don't, don't always do things with the doctor's agreement because you need to um, you know, realize that healing is a process. God wants you to be healed. And I encourage you, get hold of this book. Study this out in greater detail. But healing is not a mysterious subject. God wants to heal you. He's ready to heal you. But he wants you to believe him in his word and receive him as, your, as, as the healer. And you will find that if you put your health into his care, he's the great physician, he, he will be rich in healing power towards you. But he needs you to trust him. You need to build your faith in the word of God. And let me encourage you to get this book about getting healed. God bless you.